Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Mike Ben-Avi is a, a former policeman, a police and IDF member. He's a researcher of counterterrorism at Open University. Mike, a very good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Uh, good morning, Howard. Thank you for having me. I'm doing okay. Thank you. So this, uh, this uh, obviously, the world is trying to figure out, has the second stage actually begun? We know that IDF has been, the Israeli Defense Force has been in Gaza since around about last week, in and out, but now they seem to be there. Has this, without anybody really taking note of it or understanding it, have we moved to the uh, incursion stage? Well, it's a good question, and here's the thing. Nobody really knows. You know, the, this confrontation with Gaza, with Hamas, is only a small part for something way bigger. Uh, Israel is already having five fronts that it's fighting currently, including Yemen, which now we're starting seeing daily interceptions of drones and cruise missiles coming all the way from Yemen. It's about 2,000 kilometers away from Israel. Israel is acting very, very cautiously when it comes to the ground invasions because we have to understand Hamas has been planning this attack orchestrated by Iran for at least two years. So they knew that it's going to be, after this massacre, some sort of a ground invasion. They were all in the tunnels. Everything is booby-trapped. You have to go house to house. This is one of the most Mm. difficult urban fighting environment for the IDF to fight. And I think there's a lot a lot to do with the fact that, unfortunately, we do have over now 230 hostages uh, for many nationalities, not just Israelis, and the fact that not all the northern Gaza civilians have evacuated, just like the IDF instruct, almost begging them to. I mean, it started with 48 hours, and now we're like almost two weeks, two and a half weeks in, uh, asking civilians to leave that area so the IDF can go in and find every Hamas terrorist. Unfortunately, uh, not, all of, not all of them have done so, and there's a humanitarian crisis there, which we can't deny. And the Americans are also wanting to make sure that everything is ready, because once Israel goes in on a full-scale ground invasion, that we're going to see the regional war everybody's talking about. So do you think we will see that? Because uh, the bombing of the... The, the bases in Syria, the very, very uncharacteristically strong language from Biden, the moving of military uh, uh, hardware into the region. Surely Iran, who is domestically uh, not strong, uh, obviously from a milita- military perspective in terms of its proxies, is strong, but surely even they would be a little bit hesitant to turn this into a direct conflict with the U.S.? Yes, but here's what people need to understand about how since the Islamic Revolution has even started in 1979, they've had this strategy of creating all these proxies around the state of Israel to do the quote-unquote dirty job for mm, them. Mm. Iran does not have to be directly involved and and the whole thing we have to understand this is this is a global crisis it's not even a regional crisis mm. it's a global crisis orchestrated by iran china russia trying to drag the us into this regional war i mean they're all been waiting for this moment now if it's going to i mean it's already a regional war and howard here's why 
there's hundreds of thousands of Israelis that have been right now dislocated from their homes. I mean, they're sleeping in hotels and other family members. Some of them are in community centers. Some of them are just nowhere to be. They're in tents. And these people uh, vowed never to return to the northern uh, Israeli border uh, towns until Hezbollah is taken care of. And and here's the thing. Hezbollah is, is actively targeting Israeli civilians every day. And every day they extend their range other rockets and of course we got Yemen so it's all like we know and see that Iran is directly involved I believe Russia and China mm, are directly mm. involved and this is why you have all these I mean half of the US Navy fleet is already in the Middle East and you have countries bringing I mean this is not for Gaza the United no, States will not bring not. three aircraft carriers for Gaza and if Israel wanted to to uh, to take down Hamas and really just go crazy after that October 7th massacre, it could have been done, I know for a fact, it could have been done within 48 hours. But the fact that we are going slowly and we, we recruit really an unbelievable amount of soldiers in Israel, I'm talking about 300,000 soldiers, that has never been done. And the fact that we are, I mean, this is, there's no better point in history, better time in history for Israel to eliminate all its threats. That said, though, the longer it takes, the more the pressure, external pressure, we've seen this, uh, we've seen this uh, repeating itself many times over the years. You're talking about the international pressure? Yes, yes. Because even even if yes, you have, you know, you know you, when you watch what's happening, the, that appalling resolution at the at the United Nations on on Friday, you, you're starting to see this this pressure uh, being placed on Israel. It doesn't mean that Israel needs to adhere to it, but it is. It does make it a challenge. Yes, but I'll tell you, I think that right now we have to look at it completely in a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Israel will never be the same after October the 7th, 2023. And we don't even have to look at the UN. I mean, you want to see international support? Look what's going on right now in Dagestan, Russia. Look what's going on right now in Arab countries. Mm. I mean, Jews are being prosecuted just like, if not more, than they did back then in the late 30s. I mean, people are going to hunt down Jews just because they're Jews. And these are scary sites, and we don't talk about them enough. I mean, it's not just protesting against Gaza. I mean, these are people who, I mean, I mean, it's a religious conflict to them. It's a religious war, so they're really just trying to hunt down Jews. And these are countries like Dagestan, Russia. They don't even know where Palestine or Israel is on the map, if you showed it to them. And, and, but yet, the, the fact that they have a chance now to go against the Jews, they feel it's their religious obligation worldwide. That's what they do, what they do. I think that Israel right now needs to have the legitimacy from, uh, you know, the axis of good, the countries that are, are, are freedom-loving countries, countries that some of their leaders were witnessing. You know, the IDF spokesman uh, uh, possesses materials that none of us have seen from the massacre, and I'm not sure we want mm-hmm. to see them. Yeah, I certainly don't. And they've presented, yeah. Them to, yeah, they've presented all this information to generals, to leaders, to people in the UN, to countries that do care. And all these countries, like Germany, for example. Yeah, Germany now got some emergency laws, mm. emergency laws against, you know, if you support Hamas, we're going to kick you out. I mean, and that's a country that brought them in millions from all over the Middle East. And, and look yeah. what's going on in the United States. I mean, you support Hamas, you support terrorism. 
Hamas so is a terror organization, according to the United States. It's 1997. Mike, we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to ask you about the hostages. The, obviously, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. The question is, of course, does is Israel actually negotiating? Do we negotiate? Uh, are we negotiating for the release of the hostages, number one? And number two, is there any hope, really, that they will, after this amount of time, be returned alive? Yes, I think the main problem with the hostages is that we really don't have a fair mediator here. We don't, I mean, Qatar mm. is trying to mediate, but at the same time, Qatar is who built Hamas and made it what it is. So they are, you know, they're biased in a way. I think that Hamas is going to do anything they can psychologically, psychological warfare wise to try to intimidate Israel from continue its aggression. We don't know anything about the hostages. I'm sure that some of them, you know, Hamas actually a few days ago, and this is something that the news didn't really pay attention to, said that 50 hostages were killed during these Yeah, bombings. I saw that. I saw so that. So we already, we mm. already on 50 dead. So, so there's not 230 hostages to talk about who are alive, but way less than that. And, 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 and I think, that right now, because this is a, a, a war for the really for the very existence of Israel and the Jewish people in their land, I think right now that we should fight Hamas and destroy Hamas like there were, like there weren't any hostages with all the respect and love and hope and prayer, but at the same time try to do anything on the intelligence level to do an, a, a rescue operation or, or at least pressure Hamas enough to surrender the the hostages so they can spread their lives uh but it's a complex situation no country in the history or the modern history has had to deal with so many hostages uh in such a complex environment you know underground tunnels uh, i just pray that they come home safe but right now we we cannot allow this to stop us from the main mission which is to destroy hamas and eliminate uh, hamas and its supporters Mike Ben-Avi, former Israel Police and IDF member, researcher of counterterrorism at Open University. Fascinating conversation. Thank you for your time.